Welcome to Nightmerica, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I'm Aaron Sagers, and you might know me, you might not know me. Uh, I am a journalist who has focused on nerdy things like sci-fi comic books, also paranormal things, and I have appeared on multiple TV shows talking about the paranormal, including Paranormal Paparazzi on Travel Channel, Paranormal Challenge, Portals to Hell, Paranormal Lockdown on uh, Evidence Uncovered, I believe was the name of it. Um, and currently on Paranormal Caught on Camera on Travel Channel. So I'm a big paranormal nerd, talk about ghosty stuff, monster stuff, UFO stuff, and I'm also talking too long because I need to hear from my co-host on this. Uh, Britt, why don't you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Well, I am not as experienced as my co-host. I am, in fact, a retail manager, um, but have been a huge fan of specifically true crime, but also paranormal or just weird things. So that creates a good balance. Like we, You're definitely more into true crime, but are interested in the paranormal and I probably know a little bit more maybe about the paranormal but I'm definitely interested in true crime and it, also it creeps me out and, and meanwhile is like 
helps you sleep at night or something, right? Does it, it completely helps me sleep at night. You don't, like, night. stay up. You can't, like, uh, you're not kept from falling asleep after listening to No. In fact, my napping TV show is Forensic Files. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, I listen to some of the podcasts out there, which are all very good, but they they disturb me on a deep core intrinsic level. Uh, so, well, that's a good question. Um, well, not a, that's not really a question, but a good segue because why are we doing this um why why are we doing this why are we doing this because we have a passion for weird paranormal creepy things right and we want to give america nightmares what they want yes they want this podcast they're like we need a there's no true crime and paranormal podcast out there can you believe it we need this there is an opening in the market and we're gonna snag it we're we're gonna be the first that, well, what they don't want, probably, is, like, a lot of paranormal shows out there uh, are dominated by old white dudes. And I guess, God help me, I am an older, very white uh, dude. And um, so I'm very much in that demographic. But you are not. I am not. Nope. I am 30, flirty, and thriving. Um, but I am now also part of the group of female true crime podcasters suffering with millennial vocal fry. Um, so we're just kind of covering both demographics. What is millennial vocal fry? It's like what the Kardashians say when they, like, have this voice. Oh. I thought that was What's-Her-Face from Shit's Creek. Alexis. 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 Is that millennial vocal? Yes. Part? That's what she has? That's what she has. I didn't know that was even expert. I'm learning things already, and that's why I think that this podcast is an interesting uh, kind of approach, a mission, because I don't want to just listen to other dudes talk about stuff, and I think it's interesting to get your take on things because mm-hmm. you're, inter- you're, you're into this stuff, but there's just not enough, like... Um, you know, women that are prominent in this this field. There are some, uh, like Amy Bruni on Kindred Spirits, uh, awesome lady, um, but uh, and a friend of mine. But not a lot of like younger, thirty and um, flirty, as you say. It just rolls off your tongue. It doesn't. <laughs> I kind of. <laughs> feel like I die a little bit inside every time. <laughs> every time you that. call yourself flirty and thriving? Well, I'm definitely not 30, and the thriving is very debatable. <laughs> I mean, I have, a, I have a pulse, I guess, but uh, I'm not flirty nor thriving. Um, but, uh, okay, so that's why we're doing it. Um, so you're you're into this, I'm into this, and... Um, let's get into this. Let's get it. So what do you, what did we discuss about sort of the approach to this? So I feel like our approach will be taking a location, be it a state, be it a... You didn't think this through, I didn't you? think this through at all. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, what we talked about was that instead of just focusing on a location, like a town and talking about yes. the ghosts or haunt or UFO activity and, and that, that's the other thing. It's like, we're going to talk about true crime, everything, ghosty stuff, monster stuff, right? What gives Cryptic you nightmares? Stuff, UFO stuff, urban legends. Like, so, but, uh, instead of focusing on like one town, we're going to kind of think about 
areas, yes. like landmark uh, types of landmarks. Yes. So uh, colleges, colleges, parks, bars, hotels, maybe. Um, what else? Shopping malls. Shopping malls. Shopping centers. Well, wow, that seems like a good topic to start with. It does seem like a great topic to start with. This How funny natural. that I have a page of notes. I know. That is, it's such a coincidence. Um, Talk to me about your mall memories. Malls. Yeah. So we're going to talk about malls and shopping centers. Um, since I was a child of the 80s, malls were very much a place where you would go to. Later on, it was where you would go to hang out with your guy friends and also go on like a quote unquote date. Oh, but yeah. yeah, earlier on, though, it was it was like a kind of a magical bustling place. And um, for me, I always liked the uh, the Walden books. Uh, I was a big fan of going there for comic books. And then also, uh, you know. Did they name after Walden Pond? I, I don't know. Hmm. Is it his books? I don't know. Um, but it's a question. That, that should be another podcast. Uh, done. But, um, and so I liked those kinds of things, which is cool because right now we're seeing a lot of things like Stranger Things um, reference malls and uh, set the, it, it was like these magical places but also kind of nefarious because they're so loaded with strangers uh, a lot of stranger danger I encountered that a lot as a kid like um, I grew up in a time of like where everybody's worried about your kids getting kidnapped and everything and a lot of that was sort of focused around shopping centers and malls mm-hmm. like people just snatching a kid and would you your know. parents tell you what to do if you were separated from them um, you know, it was funny. My mom told me at a young age to like do sort of like a, 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 a palm punch to someone's nose, shoving their, their bone up into their brain. My mom's wow. a very sweet woman, but man, she got a little hardcore. That is hardcore. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I did tell you this, that like one of the earliest prayers she taught me, I was raised Catholic. One of the earliest prayers she taught me was like an exorcism prayer. Uh, which is also disturbing and hard. Totally normal. Something we should probably get into at some point. But um, yeah. Uh, what in and you told me your your. Yes, yeah. I was told to not notify an adult because you can't trust anybody, and if you were to be taken, to just wet your pants, pee yourself, and throw up. And so you can do that on command now. So um, I was drinking. I, it was a dramatic pause, but I was also taking a sip. We can also edit that out. I was taught... I, I pretty much probably could wet my pants just because being a retail manager, I'm used to just holding it because you can't go to the bathroom whenever you want. I don't think I could throw up on command. Mm. I don't think I could. No. I don't think I could pee my pants on command either. I can be a shy peer. I think that's a dude thing. I think men are shy peers. Yeah. Well, Uh, you've got, like, more to handle. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Um, Anyway. I I like that we only got five minutes into this before. Before I made it weird. Innuendo, uh, you know, was ready to go. But, um, so, because you work so much in malls, like, when was the first mall you worked at? Like, or what age? Not what... Uh, well, the first retail job I got, I was 15 years old. Yeah. And it was in a locally owned store that was very, very small. 
So um, do malls like seem creepy or odd to you since you've worked in them so long? Uh, they don't seem creepy to me, but I certainly see a wide variety of the public. So I worked in an outlet for a while and we would sometimes be notified by mall management that a man was going around feeling up the mannequins mm. um, or uh, at a very nice mall that I worked at in the Chicago suburbs, the mall managers and mall security guards would often see shady business going down in like the back hallways and like the garbage facilities. Like drugs? I think drugs. They never said it outright, but drug deals and things like that. And my main security manager who I adored, um, often would say it's not who you think it is. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, the millennial kids, you know, trading things in the back. It would be, like, business people or people in nice attire that would be doing it. So you see a, a big cross-section of the community in malls. I, I don't know how much of this is true, but I know that my parents told me a lot. Well, my mom in particular about, like, creepy types, creepy sorts that would that were trying to, like, lure lure kids uh away or whatever which is i i had a an incident when i was a kid where i just started i got separated from my parents from uh and i started following this woman that i believed was my mom from behind it wasn't but i was following her for a good long time and i was like mom mom mommy mom mom and she wouldn't turn around and then i got like close enough to her to like tug on her sleeve or whatever like mom and she turned around it wasn't her wasn't my mom it may have been someone's mom but um i'm gonna doubt it it if she didn't answer to mom it was terrifying because it wasn't what i expected it to be which i think is also like a kind of a a a sort of popular theme in stories that you don't that's not what it turned out to be it's like the twist you know yeah that stayed with me um but so uh we're gonna dive into some mall story let's just like give a brief overview why are we without getting too much detail why are we talking about malls today? Why did we land on this as the the main, the kickoff topic? I have a previous coworker who I am now friends with who has footage of a ghost at a store that she managed, that she worked at. They were called in the middle of the night because something had entered into the store. You know, all stores have security cameras and we have security sensors to notify us if people are moving about in the store. And they were notified in the middle of the night that there was movement inside the front of the store. So, of course, you have to go. And the police are notified. You, They went back and reviewed the tapes and there was not a living being moving inside the store and let me stop you there we'll come back to that later yes let's come back to that later i'm a cliffhanger yeah there was something it is interesting footage um but we'll come back to it later we we don't we don't we don't know what it is um but uh well on that note so yeah shopping centers obviously places where a lot of people pass through even today um you know even though everybody's shopping online and everything still a lot of people move about so with that, I'm going to queue it up. Like, what is, what's your story? 
My story today takes place in a Safeway grocery store in San Francisco. This is in the Sunset District, um, a little bit outside of the city center. And it is of a ghost of a little boy seen haunting the bread aisle of the Safeway. And let me tell you, if I was haunting anything, it most likely would be a bread aisle. The ghost of uh, carbs. Totally. Okay. Well, what's the story? So I'm going to start with a little bit of background because that helps color kind of my thought of what this all comes from. In the 19th century, prior to kind of the intense commercialization um, of San Francisco, they built a tunnel kind of leading from the city center to the beach um, from like the Twin Peaks Tunnel. Um, into what is called now the Sunset District. It, at the time, was mainly just sand dunes and beachy area. Um, And after the 1906 earthquake, the dunes kind of became a dumping ground for any of the city's abandoned cable cars that were just being junked, um, horse cars, and these pretty cool industrious squatters came in and turned these abandoned cable cars into houses, bars, someone called one of them a coffee saloon, which is very hipster, and Mm. there is probably one in Brooklyn right now. Um, But as the story goes, of course, these uh, hipsters were run out of town by gentrification, and in 1920, um, more of these kind of civilized tourists started coming in. So, so these were like proto-hipsters. Yes, okay. exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but you can still see some of these like cable car homes in action. I'll post some of them to our Instagram, Nightmareica Podcast, so you listeners can see. Nice plug. Well done. Um, so now we're in uh, 1920. There is a local motel that is built on Terraval Avenue. Um, it's because all of these tourists now want to come see this gorgeous area, um, this industrious new part of the city. Um, and after a few years, a local gang burned down this motel. Um, the man who owned it is rumored, according to the CBS San Francisco website, to owe money to this gang. Um, so they, they burned it down to get kind of the insurance money mm-hmm. back, which is very troubling. Um, brings us to more recent times. Um, in the early 2000s, a Safeway is built on this exact spot where this motel burned down. Um, and a few employees and shoppers have seen about a 7- to 10-year-old boy haunting mainly the bread aisle. Again, very well executed. Um, in 2005, specifically, an employee was closing down the shop and walking to the restroom in the back of the store in this kind of alley. It's back of house, so it's a little bit darker, um, and was going to the restroom and walked back there and found the little boy standing facing a wall, which is an eerie sight to kind of stumble upon. Um, But he's also been seen in other hallways, sitting on crates, his arms kind of wrapped around his knees like you do when you're like sad or tired, you're sitting, you've got your arms wrapped around your knees, your head on your knees. It's just a very sad kind of visual. 
Um, but it's often at, at night or times where the lighting is a little bit dark. So it's hard to kind of see what type of clothes he's wearing, what era he's coming from. So my view of all of this is that this little boy has come from the era of the 1920s when the motel was burned um, and that he perhaps was either a resident of the motel, was the son of the owner, uh, maybe it was, you know, he was just staying there with his family and was trapped or... I mean, maybe it was even before then during the time when all the cable cars were there, but I believe that he had lived there. And when we see him now facing a wall in this back hallway of the store, it was not a wall at the given time. It maybe was a window right. and he's looking out onto the pool of the motel or... Yeah, who knows what it was, Who right? knows? Like, we don't it, know. It was, you know, the... That's... Um, I mean, he, he has not interacted Correct. with anyone. No uh, one's been able to really interact with him, but everyone feels this intense sadness right. when they see him, which also leads me to believe that it was some sort of tragic end that or he met in this area. maybe, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, it's all theory, right? But, like, there's a lot of theories as to why a ghost would stick around, you know, either unresolved business mm-hmm some sort of sudden or tragic end where maybe they're processing what happened or don't understand what happened. They're, they're like stuck in the moment of their death theory wise. Um, well, you know, or, you know, who knows? Like, again, they're all theories. Nobody's come back with rule books, but, um, there I did see, so take this with a grain of salt, but, uh, there were some comments that I saw online about this. Yeah, and and so the last sighting that you have documented was... 2005. Right. So um, there was a couple comments I found in 2018 and 2019. Ooh, excellent. Recent. And um, one, again, you know, internet comments, you don't, you never know. No, never know, what's on like, the internet is fact. But uh, yes, it's true. It's everything <laughs> is absolutely real, um, including the Neiman Marcus cookie recipe. Uh, that's an old thing. Do you... Uh, yeah, they're delicious cookies. Oh, are they? Is it actually? Yeah, are they I've baked cookies? them. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, um, but uh, so in 2018, someone uh, commented on a website that they have worked at the store and worked in the bread aisle, and bread is always falling off the shelves. Uh, it could also be bad bread placement. I don't True. know. Um, but so <laughs> squishy, slipping off yeah, each other. Like, yeah. <laughs> Or if you see me when I go through a grocery store <laughs> and I'm trying to be very cool by taking something off the shelf and then I walk away and then and a then bunch of other things. 100. Not a ghost, just I'm uh, a klutz. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2019 on a website called hauntedplaces.org, just to give them credit where it's due, a someone commented that, uh, I grew up in this neighborhood in the early 80s going on weekly trips to the Safeway. My little sister would tell us about seeing a boy all the time. She said he seemed sad and always wanted to try and help him. Both my mom and I always felt something else distinctly malevolent in the elevator. I was there a few months ago again, and despite a new elevator, I still get hairs on the back of my neck and something feels downright wrong in there. (laughs) Did you get any, did you see anything in your research about... Anything seeming downright wrong? No, a lot of what I saw was sadness. I always take that with a grain of salt because you never know, like, 
people oftentimes apply their own uh, opinions to possible activity and maybe they you know sometimes people want something to be a little bit more malevolent maybe it is i don't know um but that's an interesting one i mean grocery stores are i always think about places with just a lot of activity which i find interesting. yes there's a lot of energy in grocery stores yeah i mean the thing i think about also is that like just where i shop down the street i don't know the whole history of the land that i'm on but or that it's on but it's not exactly like new land something it's new no york land city is new land yeah we're living in um uh, we're living in new york city right now who knows what was built in these areas beforehand i who mean the upper west side was a lot of Na- native american indian land at first and the bowery is where all the freed slaves were put when all the settlers came in like the dutch settlers yeah um to be a barrier between the Dutch people and Native American Indians. So there's a lot of like negative energy in that part of the city. Well, and it kind of just, it it lends me to think about the uh, sort of like low key, I think everything's kind of haunted. Like there's history everywhere. There's the potential for activity anywhere. If you're going to believe in paranormal activity, which even I sometimes am on a very sliding scale about what I believe, but it's possible anywhere. Do you believe in life after love? (laughs) <laughs> i would sing that um but no one we'll wants to sued. hear that and we would get sued and no one wants to hear that so no that's a really good story i like that and it's funny because it oddly reminds me of the, a flip side kind of story from california it's um it's a popular one it's been around for a long time um there was this show called haunted lives true ghost stories it was hosted by leonard nimoy who played oh yes the ears yes spock on star trek um and uh he also was the host of a great show called in search of in the 70s before i was born (laughs) but i am familiar with the show because it actually was a really notable show but that aside there was a toys or toys are us toys or us toys, toys or us toys or us R.I.P. It's like kind of weird. Uh, R.I.P. Toys are us that was a kids store, obviously, but it was haunted supposedly by a ghost uh, of a man named Johnson, who was a guy from the 1880s, who was um, from a farm. He, he bled to death on a farm. And he now haunts the location and moves toys about. And people have heard him call names and following female employees into the bathroom, which is a little creepy. So creepy. Not cool, Johnson. Um, Hashtag me too. Yeah, yeah. uh, Me boo. Uh, (laughs) Well played. Well, thank you. Yes. That's why I get paid the big bucks here, folks, for the bad puns. We're uh, not sponsored, but if you would like to, yeah. please reach out to us on nightmericashow at gmail.com. Yes, that's true. You do that. Um, but uh, just interesting that there's the flip side story. You should look that one up. It is actually a really um, popular story. I, the, the Toys R Us, obviously, has closed down. I don't know if the building is still there or not. Um, but even if the building was torn down and there's a new building, doesn't mean that Johnson has gone away. He might still be sticking around.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Nightmerica is excited to announce we have a new sponsor, Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have a really big fan of Manscaped. But not a man, a Sasquatch. From the Florida Everglades, let's welcome Skunk Ape to the show. Thanks for joining, Mr. Ape. Oh, Skunk is fine, just fine. That's, uh, that's what my friends call me. Even though you're an elusive cryptid, you're able to have a social life? Oh, sure, sure. Wood booger, yeah, we mow, mow, wendigo, mow, galong. We all, we all hang out. Well, that's great. With all those friends, it's probably important to look your best. We take a lot of pride in how we look uh, in the Sasquatch community, especially uh, since, uh, as you can imagine, there ain't a whole heck of a lot of us out there, so it gets pretty darn competitive getting attention from the lady squatches. So the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a durable, skin-safe ceramic blade when you groom your, uh, Squatchy regions. Don't you know it? That lawnmower 3.0 holds an edge, so I'm less likely to nick my nugs. It's happened before, and it ain't pretty. There's blood everywhere. Everyone down in the glades heard me howl out that one time. Whoop whoop! That's what that's what it sounded like when I nicked my nugs. But not with this lawnmower 3.0. Dude, that's intense. I have certainly been there. It is no fun at all. Skunky, I imagine grooming down there probably takes a lot of time because you're a pretty big guy. Well, you know what they say about big feet. Big shoes? Big balls! Yep, right, sizable. Sasquasticles. Big old ones. But with them lithium-ion batteries I can charge that puppy up on the USB dock, I can use it for 90 minutes. It's even waterproof, so I can fire it up in the glades and take a good long time getting my squashticles right where they needs to be. Well, with that waterproof technology, that's got to be helpful in the glades. Or even for a human like me who uses the shower. Is the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 getting you noticed down there? Only in the right ways. All the lady squatches or, or men, no, no judgment, they take notice. But I can still stay hidden because with that quiet stroke technology, it does not make a lot of noise and attract unwanted look-a-loos. And that's a very important part of the squatch code. You gotta stay undercover, you know? I can even groom up my squashticles in the middle of the night because it's got an LED light on it so you can see where your Patterson and Gimlin are. It's a memorable pair. And speaking of memorable pairs, you also like the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. Well, you might have heard I have a bit of an odor issue, hence the nickname Skunky. And with the Florida humidity, uh, I can smell pretty darn ripe down there. So I use that Manscaped ball deodorant to, to make the squashicles smell fresh as a daisy and the ball toner to freshen up when skunk 
turns to funk. Maybe we should start calling you Flowers instead of Skunky. Well, Skunky, if you or your Squatch Buddies or any listeners out there want to groom safely, and who doesn't, head over to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA for 20% off plus free shipping off your order. For one more time, that's... Squatchscaped. No, no, it's not. It's Manscaped. Manscaped. The right tools for the job. Um, but I went in a different direction. Since you were such a champ and you talked about a ghost story, I decided to try a true crime story. Awesome. I'm, I love it. I hope you approve. I do approve. I feel like there's a lot of, like, pressure on me in the true crime space. Nothing cause... like recording our very first episode doing topics that are not in our personal strong suit, but are in the other person's personal strong suit. Yeah, pretty much... <laughs> Uh, opposite of what anyone would advise. Um, so, uh, the Cloverleaf Mall, this is the story. Not the Cloverfield Mall, which is what I've wanted to say many times because of the movie. But uh, outside Richmond, Virginia, opened in August 1972. So when they opened, I found this to be an interesting fact in my research, they gave out parasols as souvenirs because parasols, unlike umbrellas, were classy and fashionable. Bougie. Yeah. Uh, that's what the former manager said uh, in an interview. Uh, this A lot of this comes from a website that you know very well, truecrimediary.com. Absolutely. It was written by Michelle McNamara, yeah. rest in peace, who yeah. was a critical puzzle piece um, in solving the Golden State Killer. Yeah, mm-hmm. big, big deal. Big deal of, a, of an investigator. Um, so this was from her website. So uh, Cloverleaf, when it opened, had over, over 40 stores, which I guess was kind of a big deal in 1972. Absolutely. Had a JCPenney and a, and a Sears as their anchors. There was a two-cinema theater. You could have an orange freeze at the Orange Bowl. Ooh, delish. I don't know what the Orange Bowl is. I don't is know what like the orange, orange Julius? I'm guessing it's like an Orange Julius, which is delicious. Which I still never really had in the mall's where I grew up. It's kind of like an orange juice smoothie that has maybe like a little vanilla flavoring. Delish. Highly recommend. This was like an anchor in the community. Um, So changes in street design curbed a lot of traffic going to the mall and um, other retail malls popped up. So it siphoned off customers. Business went downhill. As Uh, is the life of a mall. So the mall closed in... February 2008, but before that happened, something tragic took place. In November 1996, Cheryl Edwards, who was 25, and Charlita Singleton, who was 36, were found brutally stabbed to death at the mall. The two were employees at the All for One dollar store, and uh, really sad, their, their bodies were found inside, near the store's back door, this was the morning after they never came home, and the killer is still unknown. Their cars were found out in the parking lot. Family phones, authorities. They investigated, found these two women slain. Killer still unknown. The investigation found that the killer entered through the back door, which opened to the parking lot, um, and detectives were able to rule out any family members as suspects. Mm-hmm. These women lived a good life. They were just trying to work a job raise money raise their families um they had kids yeah oh uh neither of them had any enemies or persons who would wish to do them harm 
Um, the detectives involved in this case have since retired. Uh, there were a lot of suspects throughout the years, but all leads had been exhausted. Well, so as I said, the mall closed in 2008, and then in 2011, um, it was demolished. Mm. And there's actually a new shopping center there. So anything that was even left over clues, all long gone. Hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you have? Do we know who any of the suspects are? Do we have any idea? I mean, not necessarily names, but like what comes to my head working in retail mm-hmm. was the back door locked mm-hmm. when they came in. Do the, do we know? I think it was. I so think it was. That makes me think it has to be a disgruntled ex-employee. Like who would have keys as a back entrance? Yeah. Well, a lot of these details, I'm sure, have also been lost 24 years after the after the fact. And you but... said they were stabbed? Yeah. That also leads me to believe that it was someone that knew them because a stabbing feels very personal. Ba- yeah, and based... Well, yeah, I agree. So, I, I mean, that is a very personal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The what, From what I've read, the sort of how they describe the stabbings seemed either like panicky or personal you know not someone that like not someone that knew what they were doing the other thing that i i think about is like this is a pretty low stake so the money was gone there there was money removed from the site but this is a pretty low stakes crime it's a dollar store it's a dollar store what are you gonna get right a couple dollars I think an ex-employee makes sense yeah. as far as suspects, someone that knew patterns enough. Yes. Or knew was, that, you know, at this certain time of night, you're usually towards the back of the store, yeah. counting down the deposit. If they open it, you know, they haven't set the alarm yet, so the police won't be notified in that instance. There were reported, this seems like such a, not dismissing it, but it's a too much of a, um easy thing to point to. There were... Supposed uh, gangs, a lot of gang activity in the area at the mall, but that doesn't automatically mean anything. It doesn't mean there. It doesn't dismiss it, but like, um, I don't know. I I don't know why this one stuck with me. I just I found it kind of disturbing, primarily because these families are still out there, even mm-hmm. though this was this was twenty four years ago. But there's still people that are related I mean, to these kids. women. They yeah. have little ones. That's so unfair. Um, I've been doing a little Googling um, and found uh, there's actually like a little twist to the case, according to Reddit, which is where we should all get all of our news because it's completely true all the time. Please note the sarcasm. It is Reddit. Um, But someone says that a U-Haul was stolen in in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and was found in the mall parking lot. around the time of the murder so like it doesn't say if it was related or not but interesting that a stolen u-haul would be found on the property at the same time as this if yeah i mean yeah like that seems pretty based on what you're saying it looks reliable uh i think so this person has put a lot of typing into it they relate the true crime diary article um and nbc and a few things like that but I don't know much about American geography. Is Tennessee far from Virginia? Um, I mean, it's kind of far. So interesting that someone from 
Tennessee would end up in Virginia. Like, it makes me wonder wonder if it was, like, an ex-employee, someone who was fired, moved, and then didn't want, you know, their car caught it's a, in it's any... um like a 10-hour drive. Okay. Yeah. So, you could reasonably do that in a day. They came... They didn't want their personal car to be marked through any tolls. So they stole this U-Haul and then maybe hitched a ride with someone they knew. Maybe they met someone there and, you know, hitched a ride with someone they knew after. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It it, I, it just kind of sticks with me. I, the, thing about, I, the thing about true crime stuff is that I just get so hung up on not to say you don't because i know you do but i get so hung up on the people yeah like the the people whose lives were lost because they were probably i I just can't get past the fact that like these women like they went to their job they probably were just looking forward to the end of their shift to go home well don't we all either ready to put our feet up we've been standing for eight hours or eat whatever leftovers or dinner is waiting for them at home their kid took the chicken out to defrost hoping for like a couple hours of reprieve before you just have to go back and do it the next day you know so it it's just like not that anybody deserves it it just seems like such a un yeah, you they know, didn't deserve it. Yeah. These women for, sound for like good women. Pocket change, you know. Yeah. They, this was not a high stakes heist, um, you know. So, well, okay. That said, um, that I don't know. That one uh, that's it tough. Bums me out. Should we but end on a lighter note? Do you want it? Do you want the teeth story? Yes. Do you want the teeth story? I love this story. <laughs> you guys are gonna love this story. Uh, <laughs> well, this is. Uh, about 11 years old. This is 2009. Um, I'm going to I'm going to reference southcoasttoday.com uh, out of um, where was this? Uh, this Cape was, Cod? I guess so. Yeah, Cape Cod. That's um, what you told me last. So, time. yeah. Out of Cape Cod. Uh, <laughs> a Walmart customer was shopping because for a new wallet. Of course it was Walmart. Of course. Of course it was Walmart. Was shopping for a new wallet. And while looking through the billfold to inspect, make sure there's no holes or anything, found 10 human teeth in the wallet. It's not right. Uh, <laughs> it's not right. Well, I, I, to the, and the teeth, they were, when I first read this, I imagine they were like sort of in the actual billfold part of the, the wallet, but uh, it was in one of the wallet's compartments. And one of the tooth, teeth, <laughs> one of the tooth, one of the tooth, one tooth. Which was from an adult, said the police, had a filling. Uh, the male customer turned the wallet over to Walmart employees, but left the store without giving his name before police arrived. The wallet still had original tags on it, but police said they cannot perform DNA tests because there was no blood and no gum tissue on the teeth. So these were, you know, cleaned up teeth, apparently. No, that's so wrong. That's so gross. What would you do if you found 10 teeth? I would scream, drop the wallet, and probably just leave. What would you do? I would keep one of the teeth. Oh, gross, Aaron. Just one. And would then you notify mall management? Would you notify I'd them? I'd be like, I found nine teeth in this wallet. You know what? You know what that manager would do? 
like, honestly, probably just throw it away because there's, like, five people that are running late for their <laughs> shift and, like, they just can't care. Like, I can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah, one today. more thing. Like, was it your teeth? Did you pull the teeth out of someone? Yes. Was anyone looking, like, walking around They're asking like, oh, for their okay, teeth? Oh, okay, thanks, sir. We're going to bubble this up to yeah. corporate and just dump the wallet upside down, throw it out, and just put it back on the shelf. I, I have to admit that I didn't know that you could not perform DNA tests on the teeth. I didn't either. You would think you'd be able to, I mean, because teeth come from our body. You would imagine they're bones, be like, right? Yeah, teeth are bones. I imagine there'd be some sort of, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, the, the the tooth story. That's uh, an amazing maybe ending. Maybe it was a tooth fairy. It um, was. Yes. Um, she needed to get a gift for her boyfriend, the Easter Bunny. Is it a she? I never assumed the Tooth Fairy was a female, just because it was a fairy. I assume. I picture her wearing, like, a pink tutu and has the wand. Yeah, but that's not what... See, that's true. But fairies are not, like, nice like that in folklore. They're not, like, lovely Yeah, but the creatures. Tooth Fairy is nice. Okay. Don't make it weird. They come right. in when kids are sleeping. Did I... Here's a random story to end on. Uh, tooth Fairy, when we're recording this time of year... Uh, it's in mid, uh, mid March. Um, my mom claims to this day that she saw the Easter bunny. To this day? (laughs) To this day. How old was she? I thought she was, was something where she just wanted to preserve belief for us. And she's like, no. We were like big Easter, we were a big Easter bunny We should get her on the podcast. Um. We should do an episode. Cryptid. Um, she claims that when she was a little girl outside of her window, she saw like a oversized bunny. Was it standing on man, man sized, human sized bunny. We're doing an episode on this. It's a cryptid. Um, and, uh, and it was at Easter. It wasn't just like, you know, in October, you know, um, could it have been like a neighbor dad? Could have been. I don't know. I, I hadn't, I actually haven't thought about this story that my mom told me until right this moment. Things just spring up in my mind sometimes. Yeah. Um, I bet it was like a neighbor dad yeah. hiding eggs. Or maybe it was the freaking Easter bunny. It was. I mean, he's got one one time of the year to shine. Yeah, make it count. Yeah, so. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, on that note, um, all right, so we've got ghosts, true crime, teeth, whatever category you want to put that in. So let's talk about this footage that we saw from a major shopping location. I think we could say it's a target. It's a target. It's a target. Um, so Britt brought this footage to me, showed it to me. And, um, I think it's really impressive. I actually, I find it to be really compelling footage. We can post this on our Instagram. Um, and our social media manager will post it. Yes, that I think that's you. Yeah. Um, and it's Roxy. It's Aaron's dog. My dog. Yes. <laughs> um, the uh, so from what I see, look, I never go on record as saying it's officially a ghost. I don't know what it is, but it does appear that we see some sort of anomaly on the footage, kind of moving about in the fringes of the frame. And what appears like, uh, quote unquote, walking, if you want to say, moving up to the doors. And then actually looks like it moves it beyond the doors. It through the doors, correct. And then comes out again. Yes. And this is like 3 a.m., 2.30 a.m., yes. I believe. And I don't have the footage right in front of me. Um, but I have looked at it a lot. And what did you think when you first saw this? 
So I first saw this, just to give a little backstory, Rachel and I were previously co-workers um, at my old company, and she was uh, friends with a woman who is the loss prevention manager at a Target in Kansas City, which is where this footage came from. Like Erin said, it was about 2.30 in the morning, um, and she got a phone call where she had to get up, as we retail managers do, and make sure no one had broken in, um, only to find out no one had broken in. The doors were in perfect shape. Right. I forgot about all this. And it was the alarm that notified them. Otherwise, why would you look back at the footage if nothing happened? The alarms went off at the exact same time that this apparition goes through the doors. Yeah, so we have some sort of interaction with the alarm system. That's that's really compelling because you have that piece of evidence on top of the camera footage. And what I think of with that is that, you know, there's the, the ideas of sort of residual haunting versus intelligent. Are you familiar with those? Do you want me to... Let's uh, talk about it. Yeah, so a a residual haunting, and again, all this is theory. I say this a lot, but residual haunting is basically a moment frozen in time, like a record player um, or a skipping CD for you kids out there. I don't What's know why CD? I'm sounding like... I know, like even that, an MP3, a skipping... A eight buffering, track? Yes. I don't know what would the modern Did you have an be. eight track? I, uh, we had a car that had an 8-track. I never owned an 8-track. I never even really owned a record player. I was a CD, a tape kid, and then CD kid. Got it. I was but, CDs. But um, but the idea of like something being locked in time. So if someone follows the same path every day for yes. 50 years, okay. that maybe when they pass, their energy is imprinted in a location. Or if something really tragic happens, um, that moment is so shocking and momentous it locks it in time it preserves it but in this case it could be perceived as residual if it wasn't interacting with the footage as as we see i realize podcasts are an audio medium uh and we're talking about things in terms of visual but that's why you've got to go to the the instagram account check this out it looks like this thing whatever it may be is going directly to a door like it knows it's going to a door um and it's worth if we can research what this thing was before it so was it looks a like target it's but 203 a.m 203 a.m uh to be honest from my end i actually think it looks like a deer oh uh, so in an intelligent haunting is when something in theory, knows what it's doing and interacting with the environment and it maintains some level of consciousness or, or whatever. Looks like a deer. So it first enters the screen on the right-hand side. Um, you see it kind of hover and then pass through the light. door. And then it quickly moves away. To me, as it moves away on the right-hand side, it looks almost like it's walking on all fours like a deer would. And yet, it's clearly not registering as a deer in that footage i mean that's it's interesting it's it's like blurry you definitely it's this is not something where you have to interpret what you're seeing you definitely see something coming out of the top right hand side of the frame kind of moving about on the fringes going up to the door looking like it's interacting with the door bouncing off the door and then leaving i mean i could i could see where you're coming from as far as if this was 
uh, deer, that would be, make sense if it was only clear, but it's it's not. Yeah, we don't know what it is. So I find that fascinating, but that was essentially what led to our conversation and why we were talking about shopping malls, shopping centers, um, and and big stores today. Um, I don't know what it is. But I would love to hear what uh, what people have to say about this. Speaking of which, I think that's we, it's time to round up this conversation. Let's uh, wind down here. So, Britt, uh, where can people find you? You can find us at Nightmerica Podcast on Instagram. Or if you have an incredible story to share, please email it to us. Any photos, video footage. Uh, to nightmericashow at gmail.com. You can find me personally at that shop girl on Instagram. And where can we find you? Uh, well, you can find me at, at Aaron Sagers on Instagram and Twitter and all over the place. And of course, at the Nightmerica locations that Britt just mentioned. And wherever we, wherever you find us, we hope we find you on another episode of Nightmare. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.